Before we get to our special, I'd like to go ahead and introduce our speaker this morning, Brother Josh Llewellyn. He comes from a little old town called Wales, Texas. Has anybody heard of that before? This is Brother Michael's home church and all. So his family comes from a long line of ABA preachers and all. So I let him go ahead and, and tell something about himself before we get into the message. But at this time, Miss Barbara's going to bring our special. And catch my breath. Choir did an awesome job this morning. Trey was talking about about a few weeks ago on Sunday night about what do you think about God's love? One verse sticks in my mind. I know. Karen Reese always says, this is your crying song. So y'all get ready. It's just dear to me. Romans 5.8 says, what? But God commended his love toward us. And then while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God's love is amazing. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Why do I? Love God, you may ask me, what do I have in common with Him? How does flesh and bone relate? To the holy The only way I can explain Is this God so loves me He truly loves me. No other love is like the Father's love for me. Requiring nothing, yet giving everything. God so loves me, that's why I love God. When I was lost in the dark, He came seeking to prove his love. He sought to find a way. A rugged cross of perfect love did his speaking. 
so much more than a million words could say. God so loves me. He truly loves me. No other love is like the Father's love to me. Requiring nothing, yet giving everything. God so loves me, that's why I love God. He loves me, He loves me, Jesus. Loves me. Requiring nothing. Yet giving everything. God so loves me. That's why. Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 16 this morning. Boy, wasn't that wonderful? What a beautiful song, beautiful song service. It is good to be at Promised Land. Are y'all glad to be here today? I want y'all to do me a favor. Y'all smile real big and pretty for me. Isn't God good? I'm glad I have a reason to smile today. I'm glad that I have a reason to get excited uh, we are excited to be here today. My name is Josh Llewellyn. I pastor First Baptist Church in Wells, Texas. Uh, we are nervous as all get out this morning of being here. We are out of our comfort zone, but there's no doubt that we are amongst God's people. And there's no doubt the Lord is in this place. And so I feel at home right now, and I am thankful for that. I want to introduce my family. They're going to kill me for doing this. My wife's rolling her eyes already at me. My wife, Lacey, if she'll stand up, the eye roller, if she would stand. <laughs> I'm going to get it after church. We're going to have to have altar call. That is uh, Kaylin, my little one. You will hear, hear her before the service is over. That's not Kaylin, that's Kennedy. But she will, you will hear Kennedy before the service is over probably. Now, this is Kaylin, my oldest one. She's eight. And then Connor, he's six. And y'all can be seated. I'll tell you all more about us this evening if you're here for this. Most of all, I want to tell you about Jesus this morning. That's why I came. That's what I surrendered to preach to do is to tell about Jesus Christ. If there's ever a story worth telling, it's a story that we hold in our Bibles this morning. 
I want to ask you to stand with me to reverence the Word of God. If there's anything worth standing up for in this in this old world, it's the Word of God this morning. Let's show it reverence today. Matthew 16, we'll begin our reading in verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, He asked His disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the reading of your word. Lord, there is no doubt that Jesus is no ordinary prophet. He's no ordinary man. He lived above all. He loved above all. And God, I'm just so thankful that I can call Him my personal Savior today. Lord, help me. Give me the strength that I need to lift up Jesus. Lord, Your Word says that all we need to do is lift Him up and He'll draw all men unto Him, Lord. Help us to exalt Him this morning. Lord, give me the strength that I need. Open our hearts, Lord. Give us the understanding of Your Word. Lord, I pray for the lost this morning. If there's somebody here, I don't know anybody in this room, but Lord, You know every hair on every head today. You know our stature this morning. If somebody's here and lost, Lord, I pray that they'll be saved before it's eternally too late. Lord, us as the saved, encourage us this morning. Lord, strengthen us in You today. I love You and I praise Your holy name. In Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach on this subject today, what I believe about Jesus. What I believe about Jesus. This message this morning is going to be very simple. It's going to be very elementary type. It's going to be very basic. But I believe that you will find that this is the truth. And I heard a long time ago a man told me, he said, Preacher, if you ever want to get to really know somebody, if you ever really want to know who somebody is and you want to learn them, Find out what they believe about Jesus. And you know, through time, I have learned that to be true. And when you meet somebody for the first time and you begin to find out what they believe about Jesus, it will reveal unto you their moral character. It will reveal unto you what they do in their life. It will reveal unto you who they serve. And so I thought today I felt led to go this route this morning is to tell you what I believe about Jesus. And I want to do that starting in this passage this morning. And I want to start with this number one point. What I believe about Jesus, number one, He is Savior. He is the Savior. I want you to notice the question in verse 13. He said, Who do men say that I the Son of Man, am. And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, another Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. I want us to notice one thing about the Savior. Number one, He is passed up by the world. The world overlooks the person of Jesus Christ. There is no doubt that 2,000 years ago, there was a little boy uh, that was born in Bethlehem. They called him Jesus. A lot of people claimed that he was the Son of the living God. A lot of people claimed that he was the Messiah. As he began to walk, as he began to live, there was no doubt this one was different than any other man that had ever come before him or different than any man that would come after him. But in the midst of all of his miracles... In the 
the midst of revealing that He was truly the Son of the living God. So many people missed the boat on who Jesus is. All of the Pharisees, they had Him right before Him. They seen the miracles and they missed who He was. I want you to know today, the world looks at Jesus and they say, well, He was just a good man. There's no doubt that He died on the cross 2,000 years ago. We have that proof. We know that took place. But the question is, who is Jesus? And the world looks at Jesus and they say, well, just like the answer here. Well, He's Elias, He's Jeremiah, He's Isaiah, He's one of the prophets. He's a good man. Man, He lived good. He lived like John the Baptist Baptist did. He lived like Isaiah did. Man, he lived a good life. And the world today still looks at Jesus and they miss the boat on who Jesus is. And I'm going to tell you something. If you just see him as an ordinary man, you have missed the boat this morning. You have missed it all if you don't see Jesus for who he is. And the world looks at him and they still today crucify him. They throw his name in the dirt. They curse him. His name is taken more in vain than it is in blessing today. And I want you to know the world mocks the name of Jesus. But I'm going to tell you today, He may be passed up by the world, but I didn't pass Him up, praise God, through His grace and His grace alone. And I know today that Jesus is more than just any prophet. I know that He's more than just John the Baptist. I know that He's more than just a good man or a good preacher or a good priest. I know that He is above all of that today. I want you to notice what the Bible said here. If you're with me, say Amen. Now, I want to, I love to make sure everybody's with me. I, want, I don't want anybody falling asleep on me. Amen. So I want to make sure every now and then I may say, give me an Amen. I want you to give me a hearty Amen. But notice what He said here. In verse 15, he said, but whom say ye that I am? He said, what, what does the world say? What do they say about me? Well, we know what the world says about him. But I ask you today, as he asked the disciples, who do you say that Jesus is? And I want you to notice Peter's answer. Boy, isn't it beautiful? He said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. There was something different in this answer than the answer before. Peter said, I believe, Jesus, that you're more than a prophet. I believe you're more than a good man. I believe you are the Christ. The word Christ in the Greek means the anointed one. I believe Jesus is the anointed one today. I believe He is above all. I believe He has been given a privilege. I believe He's been given a key. I believe He's been given an authority that is above every other authority on the face of the earth. And He got it from his Father. He is the Christ. He is the Anointed One. A lot of people say, well, who made Jesus Savior of the world? His Father did. That's who made Him Savior of the world. Amen? He made Him. He gave Him the authority because He is alone the Anointed One. And friend, I want you to understand this. He is the Son of the living God. He was not born in this world of the seed of man. If He was of the seed of man, He would be like me and He'd be like you. But I promise you, praise God, He's not like us today. Amen. He was of the seed of God. And because He was not the seed of man, He didn't know sin. He didn't have sin in His life. He lived a different life. I want you to know that His life, He lived above everybody. You say, boy, that individual, they live a good life. No, nobody has lived the life that Jesus has lived. But it took that kind of life to become the Savior that you need and that I need.
There is nobody like Jesus. There is nobody above Jesus. And you're going to find out if you're around me very long, He is my anthem. He is my theme. He is why I breathe. He is why I sing. He is why I preach. He is everything to me today. He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. And short of Him and without Him, I would be dying and going to hell today. Everything good in my life I have to owe to Him this morning. As Peter said, He is the Christ, the Son of the living God. There's not but one Savior. The world says, well, there's many Saviors. Let's not hurt anybody's feelings. We need to understand there can be many ways to go to heaven, friend. There's one Savior. There's one way. There's one truth. And there's one life. And it's Jesus Christ. And the only way to go to heaven and the only way to have a relationship with God is through His precious Son, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's something about that name. Oh, isn't it a beautiful name? Child of God, would you go back to that time that you called upon that name? Isn't it precious? He is Savior of the world. What about Buddha? He's not the Savior. What about Muhammad? What about Balaam? They're false. There's one living Savior today, and His name is Jesus. And He is above everyone. He is above all today. I want you to notice this. Notice this. He has preached through the Scriptures in John 20. The Bible said, And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of His disciples, which are written in this book. But these are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through His name. What is the purpose of the Scripture today? To lift up and exalt the deity of Jesus Christ. I want you to know from Genesis to Revelation, we find a Savior. A lot of people say, Preacher, I want to know what you preach. I'm here in view of a call. Y'all never heard me preach today. You say, Preacher, I want to know what you preach. Well, friend, if you preach a Bible, there's not but one thing to preach. And it's Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm all about discipleship. Yes, let's get in it and let's learn. But Jesus is the thing from Genesis to Revelation. And you cannot preach the Word correctly without preaching Jesus and glorifying the Son of God. Every message, every every lesson ought to be the theme of Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Christ. And He is the Son of God. He is all of that this morning to you, isn't He? About four of you. Amen. Come on, y'all awake this morning? He's our thing today, isn't He? Isn't that why we sang a little bit ago? He is why we are here today. He is our anthem. He is everything. And we, as the church of Christ, we must understand that we need to glorify Him. We need to exalt Him and we need to lift Him up so that He can draw all men Unto Him. Look with me in Colossians chapter 1. If you're with me, say Amen. Colossians chapter 1. Number 2, He is Lord. 1 Corinthians 8, 6 says, But to us there is but one God, the Father of whom are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ. You notice what it said? One Lord. There's one Lord today, and His name is Jesus Christ. By whom are all things, and we by Him. The word Lord means one who has power, one who has authority and ownership. I want you to know that I believe that Jesus is Lord. And I believe that He is the Lord of our life today. 
He is the Lord. Look in Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. Notice this in verse 15. The Bible says, Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature? Boy, I love this scripture. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. Notice what he's saying. I think we've got this out of line in this world today. He is before all things. Amen? He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body, the church, who is the image, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in Him should all fullness dwell. Number two, He is Lord. He is Lord over all. Notice verse 16. For by Him were all things created. Everything in this world is the creation of God. We would not be here without the Lord Jesus Christ. You say, preacher, you talk about creation, you mean God the Father. Yes, God the Father created heaven and the earth. But not just God the Father, God the Son, and God the the Holy Spirit was there at the day of creation. Jesus was there that day. I want you to know that He is the Creator of the universe. And all the things that we have today, we would not have without Him. And let me, let me just put it this way. If you create everything, you can be boss over everything. If you build your home, that kind of makes you the boss, doesn't it? Well, let me tell you something. Jesus has created everything we have today. And a lot of people say, well, who made him king and lord? His father did. And he had right to because he created everything. And I know today there are powers and thrones that are mighty, mighty high. And I know there are governments that have a lot of power and prestige. I I understand all of that. But may I tell you today, there is a throne that is above all. There is an authority that is above all. There is a name that is above all. May I tell you today that our president and our leaders, they have their place. They have their throne, but there's a throne higher than theirs today. There's a throne that is higher than the throne of England, than the throne of Israel, than the throne of Russia. There's a throne that is above all thrones. There's a king that is above all kings. A lord that is above all lords. There's a ruler above all rulers. And his name is Jesus today. And a lot of people don't want to look at it. A lot of people don't want to recognize this, but there's coming a day that everybody will see him and he will be revealed as the king of kings and the lord of lords. Oh, what a day that's going to be. Don't you think that's going to be an humbling day for a lot of people? All of these people think they got it all under control. And man, we're on top. Let me tell you who's on top. Jesus is on top. He is in control. Boy, isn't there a lot of confusion today? You say, preacher, I need to worry about it. No, you don't. He's in control. He is Lord. He is Lord over all. And I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of powers that don't like Him. There's a lot of powers that try to do everything they can to get rid of Him. But may I tell you, whether they believe it or not, God put them there and God can take them away from there. He has that kind of authority today. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad I can call Him my personal Savior. But let's think about this personally. He is Lord over all. But what about me individually? You call Him Savior. Can I ask you this? Can you call Him Lord? Does He have control of your life today? Have you given yourself to Him so that He can control you? You say, well, I'm saved. Well, that's awesome. 
Praise God, we're going to heaven. But what about your service with the Lord? When you get saved, you need to give yourself to Jesus. You say, why? Because He gave Himself for you. He gave Himself for you. Well, now I've got to serve God and I'm obligated to go to church. <laughs> Lord, have mercy. God forbid we go to church and praise Him. Hey, I don't get to go to, I don't have to go to church. I get to go to church. I don't have to serve Him. I get to serve Him. Out of love and passion and desire when I think and see of all that He's done for me, why wouldn't I want to serve Him? Why wouldn't I want to make Him Lord? He needs to be the Lord of my life. Josh Llewellyn. And I'm going to tell you something. I mess up a lot. If you hear me anymore, if you see me anymore, you'll know this. I'm the chiefest of sinners. I make lots of mistakes. But one thing I do try to do is I try to make Him Lord of all. And if I do that, boy, He cleans up my messes. Amen? I think you all know what I'm talking about. That's all He wants us to do today is make Him Lord. You say, Preacher, I've called Him Savior. Can you call Him Lord? Does He have control in your decision making? Does He have control in your home? I'll tell you what, the devil has control of a lot of homes today. It's time to let go and let Jesus have control of those homes. We need to allow Him to have the control. He is Lord. I ask you today, is He Lord of you? Notice what verse 18 says. He is the head of the body, the church. And I want you to understand something about this preacher. I want you to understand something about me. The office of a pastor is a biblical office. It has its place. But a pastor is not the Lord of the church. He's not the head of the church. Are you all awake this morning? Okay. I, I am not the head of First Baptist Church. I'm the under-shepherd. Deacons are not the head of the church. They're not. Sunday school teachers aren't the head of the church. Well, I've been in that church 60 years. Well, good. Good for you. I, I hope He gives you another 10 years. Praise the Lord. However many more. But there's not but one that ever died for the church. There's not but one that ever shed His blood for the church. And before we get all high-minded, well, this is my, it ain't my church, it's His church. He's the head of the church. You say, well, I need to follow the preacher. Absolutely. You follow me as I follow Him. He's the head. He's the one we're looking to today. It's all about Him. This is His church. Well, this is what I want in church. Who cares what you want? I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm not trying to be ugly or disrespectful, but this is His church. What does He want? Amen? What is His desire? He is Lord of the church. Number three, I'll tell you what I believe about Jesus. I believe He's Savior. I believe He's Lord, and I believe He's coming back. I believe He's coming back. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Boy, I tell you, if you're saved, this ought to put you on shouting ground here. I am so glad. I'm so glad that I can say He's my Savior. I'm so glad that I can say He's my Lord, but I'm more glad that I can say He's coming again. He's coming again. I guess First Thessalonians has fallen out of my Bible. I can't find it this morning. There it is. It has reappeared. First Thessalonians chapter 4. Y'all ever get tired? No, serious now. Serious. Y'all ever get tired? You ever get wore out in this old world? Isn't it getting rough? It's getting hard to live for Jesus in this old world. 
And you know what? If we live tomorrow, it's going to get harder. And we live the next day, it's going to get harder. It's going to get harder. But I want you to know we live under some precious promises to save people. And my greatest promise is He's coming back. He's coming back. 1 Thessalonians 4.13 But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that ye sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. Even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. Now listen now. For the Lord Himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with a voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be called up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we be ever be with the Lord. Boy, isn't that precious? And he said, Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. It's comforting to know that our Savior's coming back. It's comforting to know that our Lord is coming back. All of the sickness, all of the cancer, all the things that are going through, saved people understand when He comes back, He's coming to receive the saved. And all these things you're fighting now, and all those things you're battling, hold on, because Jesus is coming again. I know that I may face pain today, but I may not have to face that pain tomorrow, because Jesus may come again today. Amen? He may come back tomorrow. I don't know when He's coming back. It don't matter when He's coming back. All that I know is every day I need to live with the peace and the comfort to know that my Savior is coming again to receive me from this whole world. May I tell you where He's taken me to? He's taken me to heaven. There's no nursing home in heaven. Hello? Amen. There's no cancer treatment places in heaven. Amen. Praise God. No sorrow, no tears. All of the things you face now, you won't even remember them when you get to heaven. Amen. All of those things will be wiped away. And all things will be brand new. Whoo, boy, I'm ready. Man, what a place. Are you ready to go? Every day you need to live like you're ready to go. Every day you need to live with that blessed hope. Oh, I love the verse in Titus 2.13, looking for that blessed hope. Oh, isn't it a blessed hope today? And that glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, looking for that blessed hope. Are you looking for that hope today? He's coming back to receive the saved. And I want you to know He's coming back to rebuke the lost. There's going to be a lot of lost people here when He comes again, and He's going to judge sin. You say, preacher, why? Is He an angry, a mean, hateful God? No, He's a loving God. But He's a just God. And God is going to have to judge sin. And when He comes back, this world, there's going to be sin in the streets. This world is going to be run over by sin. And the Lord's going to come back and He's going to judge sin. And everybody that does not have a personal relationship with Jesus is going to be on that goat side. And they will have to face the wrath and the judgment of an Almighty God. Saved people, don't you love to know that Jesus is coming again for us? But listen... He's also coming back for the lost. But it's not a good coming back for the lost. It's a bad coming back for the lost. You denied Him. He's not Lord. He's not Savior. Over and over and over again, He's going to be revealed as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And there's going to be millions upon millions, maybe even billions of people 
falling down, getting judged by the Savior. You don't have to be today. I promise you, you do not want to face the wrath of God. You do not want to go through what they're going to go through. You know what? All you have to do is receive Jesus as your personal Savior today. Humble yourself before His presence. Make Him your personal Savior. And He will save you from that wrath to come. Boy, isn't that a precious promise? All these people, they get on our nerves because they hate the Lord. And they persecute us. Let me tell you something. Their day's coming. Their day's coming. But you know what? I've got lost family members. I have lost friends. I need to remember there ought to be a sense of urgency to my work. There ought to be a sense of urgency to our teaching and to our preaching. Friend, the Lord is coming back and He's going to judge sin. You know what that means? The door is going to close. we got to get as many on the boat as we can before the Lord returns. He's coming again. And He's coming with vengeance upon sin. Let me tell you something. If you're lost today, you need to be saved today. You can be saved from that wrath today. Would you be saved? Here in a minute, Brother Trey's going to come. Come grab him by the hand. Let him show you how to be saved. He can't save you. But I bet he knows a man who can. I can't save you. But I know a man who can. And it's Jesus. He's coming back to rebuke the loss. But I want you to notice, He's coming back to reward the faithful. Faithful, you're tired and you're wore out. Keep on going. Keep on going. You know what? When we get to Jesus, it's going to be worth it. It's good. Do y'all think heaven's going to be worth it? About ten of you. Come on now. Do y'all believe heaven's going to be worth it? Oh, what a battle. But when we get to see Jesus, it's going to be worth it all. I love this song. Oft times the day seems long. Our trials are hard to bear. We're tempted to complain, to murmur, and despair. But Christ will soon appear to catch His bride away. All tears forever over in God's eternal day. Listen, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. Dear Heavenly Father, I come to You. Thank You for Your Word. I pray, Lord, that Your will has been accomplished through this message. Lord, as, as Your people, we need encouraging as much as we ever have before. We need to be encouraged in You, Lord. And Lord, the most encouraging promise that I know is that You're coming again. And Lord, remind us that devil helps us to forget that a lot of times, Lord. And Lord, there may be somebody here that's just sick of battling this old world. They're sick of battling the trials. Lord, pick them up and encourage them today. Lord, I pray that they be reminded that these trials won't last forever. That one day, it's going to be worth it all when we see Jesus. Lord, if there's somebody lost, I pray the conviction upon their hearts at this time. Don't let them go. Make them miserable this morning. Lord, I pray souls will be saved today. Lord, You are the Savior of the world. There's no other name 
under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And it's the precious name of Jesus. In that name I pray, amen. If you're here this morning, you have a decision to make. Brother Trey's going to be down front. I encourage you, come grab him by the hand. Whatever decision you need to make, would you do that? Would you stand very quiet, very reverent with me? We're going to have a hymn of invitation.